Hello, everyone. Welcome once again to uh, Marketing Meanders with Sally and Sam. Very exciting that uh, here we are, and no doubt everyone's cracking on with all of their plans and things. And hopefully, you're you're well into your beginnings of, of all those exciting plans and and seeing where you need to get to. And yeah, it's it's well, it's an exciting time to try new things as well, isn't it? Really, and I think look into different channels perhaps that you've maybe not explored in this year. I mean, obviously, depending on your your planning cycle. And one of those things, I mean, we do talk about this to a certain degree. It's a channel we quite often come to um, is LinkedIn. And that is, I suppose, because, I mean, well, we both use it a reasonable amount. And I I think especially I I use it a lot with my clients. And it's one of those ever-changing things and channels and just seems to keep growing and doing really well. So perhaps there's people out there who are thinking, oh, well, what can I do with this? And I want to find out more. So we decided today to devise a bit of a, a... not a quiz, but an interview from Sally to me. So, because I, I sort of use it LinkedIn to a certain extent, and uh, Sally thought she asked me some questions, blind questions, to see blind. what I think about it. Yeah, <laughs> um, I mean, part um, of it is that I use LinkedIn much more passively than Sam. Sam does a lot of um, lead generation campaigns and all of that kind of thing, and I use it much more. I post on it and I read from it, but I don't necessarily do lead campaigns actively myself because the way my business works I often recruit other people to do the nitty-gritty bits so I've got quite a lot of gaps in my knowledge so I'm just going to start off with a question that I think it might be a myth but it might not be I might be doing this one I believe that LinkedIn advertising is expensive and tricky is that true Sam? Right well yeah that's a good one to start with actually that's something that I think a lot of people say to begin with if I talk to them about using LinkedIn they go oh that's quite expensive isn't it and so I say, well, what it's like what our podcast in the past, we said it depends and it really does depend. So on multiple things, but I think it to begin with, it's effectively, you know, if you do your whole looking at the budget you have to spend and the audience you want to get to, and then, you know, typically from a B2B standpoint, you'd be using LinkedIn. So the kind of things you're selling, the services or products you're selling are clearly going to be probably quite big ticket items and you should hopefully have your sort of ROI worked out and understand, well, we're trying to sell this, I don't know, automatic handbag making machine, which is actually worth £150,000. And therefore, you know, we've got X amount of budget to spend on getting X number of, you know, decision makers in handbag manufacturers across across the northeast of England to uh, possibly look at this. So I think relatively, you'd obviously work need to work out your ROI and say, well, what can we actually afford to spend on here? But there are lots of different options within LinkedIn. And there are also lots of different ways of running your budgets if you're doing a paid campaign in LinkedIn. So I would say, first of all, it doesn't have to be expensive. It does depend very much on the type of campaign you're running. And more importantly, to whom you're running that to, who, who you actually trying to target there. Because like with any of these things, like with Facebook, et cetera, you know, you'll have that bidding process and, you know, LinkedIn will ask you and the campaign manager, how much are you willing to spend on this? Interestingly, the defaults, people probably say it's very expensive because yes, it can be quite expensive. If you're trying to get a very particular job title, as we say, handbag manufacturers in the Northeast of England, that we're trying to get through to the chief uh, commercial officer or something um, or engineering officer, whatever it might be, then yeah, it could cost you £15 a click to get that person to interact so in relation and that's the other question I suppose in relation to what is expensive in relation to yes perhaps a a, a paperclip CPC um, campaign you'd be running or perhaps a Facebook campaign or a campaign A will you find that person there so that the value of the actual interaction you're going to get 
And B, is that actually a lot compared to you know your whole campaign planning and budgeting anyway? So that's the one thing. But as I said as well before, it's about how you want to spend that campaign. Because I mean, the automated feature on LinkedIn when you set up a campaign is that it'll say, oh, we'll do maximum delivery for you. And we suggest you spend this much on capturing this audience. And of course, that's always going to be, you go bit of a slight intake of breath you go blimey that's that's a lot isn't it blimey and it'll give you this nice little estimate and then it'll give you all this helpful stuff on the right hand side saying if you spend this much per day which we suggest then you'll get this many interactions and that'd be really good won't it based on what you've told us you want to achieve and so i think when you see that initially you think wow that's expensive but the thing is when you start running the campaign it should be that the actual costs you get charged are going to be lower right than those initial estimates but secondly you should also, because you've got several different ways of managing it, whether you do manual bidding, this maximum reach, or um, I'm trying to remember the other one. There's like several different options you have for saying, what are your parameters for this budget? You know, you have a, a maximum daily budget, a maximum budget overall, right. um, and then you can control how it's spent. So right. it doesn't have to be expensive, but... It depends what you define as expensive, if that makes sense as well, I suppose. With the expenditure, if you have worked out the ROI that you want, if you do what LinkedIn suggests is going to get you maximum reach, hopefully your ROI is going to be better. So if you are going to get maximum reach to reach the perfect handbag machine making buying person, then if they buy one, you, that's a fantastic, the machine costs 150000 and you've sold two by spending quite a lot of money on LinkedIn, then that's brilliant payback. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, even if you say, if you, if you say, well, we've got 15 grand, I mean, again, depending on what your mix is for how you're going to go about yeah. getting in, in front of these people. But if you say, yeah, we've got 15 grand marketing budget and you say boldly, I'm going to spend that all on a set of LinkedIn campaigns to target these specific job titles and then nurture them through to then get yeah. conversations with them and try and sell this machine. And you say, yeah, we've done it. And it cost us, I don't know, perhaps, well, the whole 15,000. You go, well, there we go. We've done it. So, I mean, it's always that sort of in relation yeah. to what, I suppose, is that expensive thing. Yeah. But but you also mentioned in your thing about tricky. And as I've probably already mentioned, there are what you could term sort of slightly tricky elements. I guess this is the same for any sort of campaign management system, et cetera, isn't it? There's always bits that kind of, they can catch you out when they update things. That's the trickiest thing I find. LinkedIn are great at, you know, innovating and, and improving their products and interfaces and things, but they do do it reasonably regularly and then you said that every single time i've used it i think i've always gone oh what's this i've never gone i've never felt prepared and gone oh so this i mean you know you can find loads of people who'll be reviewing and videos and how-to guides and you know linkedin itself of course will say do you want to know how to use this here you go but um every time i've done this i stumble across something usually when i'm demonstrating something to someone and go ah so what you do is you (laughs) click here and you go that's not there anymore. Where what? And, uh, oh, <laughs> oh, it is here, but they've added this feature, and that's good, isn't it? Mm. So, well, they've called yeah, it something different. Exactly, exactly. And so, there is that sense of yes, there are features which update, and so you go, okay. I mean, again, until you, I suppose, work out what you're doing, like working out back in the old days, like how to work your VCR or something. You know, until yeah. you've actually yeah, had yeah, a fiddle yeah. with with it. You don't quite know what to use. But I would say, I mean, we'll probably come to this. I think it's a very powerful campaign manager uh, tool. And I really like it because I'm pretty familiar with it now. But I would say, yes, if you're using it for the first time, it will probably appear to be a bit tricky and it has its own quirks and eccentricities. Right. Um, So, But you can, again, there's pretty good sort of help pages which help you understand what it is you're doing along the way. Yeah. Right. 
because I've also read things I don't want to. What happened? Can I? Suppose I'm doing a lead management campaign and I've decided I want to get the buyers of handbag making machines. I already have in my CRM some leads anyway that are that thing. Can I exclude them from my LinkedIn campaign so they don't think, why on earth are they telling me about this again? Yeah, exactly. Why why are they here? So can I remove their email? Because on their LinkedIn profile, they will have an email address. So can Mm. I run it through my CRM and say, yes, remove these people? Yes, I believe you can. I think there's a different few few different ways of doing this. So there is a way in which you can have like a actually a LinkedIn where you know you do an audience builder and you can then say where you either specify go in the simple way specify the audience you want from the world of people who are yeah. on LinkedIn to my group, or you can upload specific information. You know, so specific leads you say you want to target. Okay, but there is yes, there's the exclude function. Right. So either you do a thing where I think there's an automate automatic thing there. Or sorry, or rather pre-populated ready to be hit box, which says yes, exclude my connections, for example, or exclude people from specific companies on the campaign manager. I think I don't to be honest, I don't quite know whether you do this anymore, whether you'd upload specific individuals and say, right, don't send anything to them, them or them. It would be more don't send it to this company, this company, this company. Um okay. I'm pretty sure it's that way. Or or if you built a specific audience of, say, people who've visited your website, for example, or something, you've uploaded that to LinkedIn, probably you can integrate this from Sales Navigator as well, actually, the other part of LinkedIn. And then you could say, this is like my restriction list. So don't, yeah, th- this is my existing target list who I don't want to go to again. Okay. Don't include them. So, yes, I think there's various different ways around it to do that. Right. And can I also do it so that I can say I want to target people who have visited that I know have visited this web page. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So yeah, dependent on the cookies and everything they've agreed to tracking. Yeah. So yes, if you can have there's this um uh, API integration you can get with LinkedIn and your your website. Right. Um so it would actually so that can help you with this whole yeah, retargeting uh, basically that whole thing of coming in and uh, saying, yeah, so Joe Blogs has visited the would you like to buy a machine page and uh yeah, we'll we'll get him to be included populated into this audience now yeah i'm pretty sure they had a scale here so that you know you could you'd have to get your you know your technical i mean you can do it as a sort of more lay person but you know if you get sort of help with the technical integration i mean they're quite good these days in terms of you know both, both ends from a website point of view and linkedin everyone knows that people want to do this so they help you integrate and create these api okay. data links but if you did that then i think think in LinkedIn in terms of targeting, you need to hit a certain volume. So if you're like a small business running this and you're expecting five people to visit that page in a month, then that's not not worth it. I mean, you can switch this on and you can build a retargeting audience over a long period of time. I can't remember off the top of my head how big the audience would need to be to actually even run. Because I think I've done it in the past where it's tried to build a retargeting audience. So it's getting all the data It'll say when if the data link is working and when the last ping across of, of information came, the data arrived, and then it'll say how many are estimated in that audience. So you can, you know, start with just very small audiences that grow up and build up. But yeah, I'm reasonably sure that you need a sort of a minimum number, and I can't remember what that number is, to actually then say, right, okay, I'm then yeah. going to target them in a paid campaign. That's interesting. But do you know what? I think there's probably either Sales Navigator itself, which is the bit, you know, where you go in and you you identify individuals who you want to connect with 
and and then perhaps you know um you want to create an audience which you could take and then you know promote to um or perhaps message and try and connect with there are other third party data or say data softwares and things like this which i think you could use so that perhaps you could build up that target list in that way uh, as well but but yes in essence yes yes you can you know get right. okay got other tools to input and build an audience in that Brilliant. way okay so even for if you're a small b2b um it's worth having a go at LinkedIn. So it's not, don't just be put off by the price. It's definitely, because it's such a huge, enormously good data source, basically, of the, all the people you want to talk to. But it's, so you think it's wrong to be put off by the, oh, it's too expensive, it's not for me. Yeah, I think so. And I think as well, I would I would always start with the non-paid organic stuff first anyway. And then yeah. I, so I, you know, get, so you get an understanding of, uh, I think one of the things, if people haven't really used it very much, then they'll <clears throat> hopefully go on there and say, oh, wow, I didn't realise all these people are on here. Gosh, that's fantastic. All these people we'd like to talk to are already using it and, oh, look what they do. And so yeah. you, if you do that and then you build it, I mean, particularly if you're a really small startup, I think, and you think, well, we're going to build this more on making personal connections with me and my co-founder and then start to, you know, we don't necessarily need to do outreach you know, campaigns to, to, to try and get people in who don't know about us. But uh, I think you reach that natural limit where unless you have a fantastic organic sort of strategy, content strategy, where you're getting lots of people to go, oh, wow, fantastic posts they're sharing. And yeah. and, th- and then you're building your, I mean, that just takes a long time anyway. I mean, the, yeah. you could say that the paid part of it is a bit more short circuit. So either if we're entering a new market or just say, look, we need to boost our followers because there is an option in the campaign manager because one of the things I was going to say is the great big change that happened in Campaign Manager a few years ago now was when you log in, it doesn't just say, hey, just do a, a paid campaign. It says, what sort of paid campaign do you want to do? So okay. not just the format, yeah. but the object, the marketing objectives of that campaign. And one of them is build followers. So if you have a, a page as a small company, so perhaps you start as an individual, you say, hey, we've got the Cotswold handbag shop and I'm a director and my co-director here, Sally, is is on. And then we've got one of our, I don't know, our chief technician is on LinkedIn. So there's three of us on LinkedIn and here's our company. But then as soon as you set up a company page and you start trying to get followers um, and then you start trying to interact with your followers on LinkedIn, if you do that, then you've got your page, which you can start building and attracting people towards. So you can start to build, do some paid advertising to yeah. get to the people you want that's the biggest thing as you say the biggest thing i have about linkedin is the fact that in my sector it's just it's so good at just cutting through these slivers of of, of target segments and you can just get to these people and i think I mean, there's some, i must get the latest stats on it but i think the actual the stats on because it is a business network you know professional network people have a greater degree of trust to a certain extent, rather than other social media, and they know what you're there for. I mean, there's a whole other conversation about the busier it gets and the more stuff, the more chaff that gets thrown up, yeah. perhaps it gets harder to get through to people. But that's the thing I find about it. So if you're a small business saying, well, we need to now, we really, we're great in Oxfordshire, but we how how do we get in front of B2B buyers in Gloucestershire? We just don't know anyone there. So even just, you know, anybody can um, set up a campaign manager paid account. You don't have to pay anything. You just put your details in. And then you can build some audiences and then say, so you understand who you can target. You can understand how many of the people you want to target are actually even on LinkedIn. And then you might go based on that. Well, okay, yeah, it's worth us trying a little something, just spending a hundred quid to try and then get in front of those people or not. 
Yeah, that's really interesting because it shows you the size of your audience. I mean, that's what's really important to you because you might have massively underestimated how big your audience is. There might be, you know, literally thousands of people want to have a handbag building machine. We just don't know. Yeah. And maybe it's something you should do as part of your business development. Actually, if you're thinking of making a handbag buying machine, start with LinkedIn and don't just think of it as a marketing tool. It could be a research tool. Oh, very much so. I mean, funnily enough, I think there's so many other uses. I mean, I was talking to someone the other day who's just starting out in their career and I was saying to them about use LinkedIn, which I'd heard years ago, use LinkedIn as a way to do your sort of aspirational journey to find people on there who can find very easily who are doing the kind of job that you think right now you'd like to do in five, 10 years time. And then look at are there any similarities about what they've done and who they are and where they've been and who they work for and qualifications they have and networks they belong to and all that sort of stuff. And the BD, I mean, I think because I started in originally like BD and then BD pseudo marketing role, then I went into purely into marketing. I've always had that appreciation of, of the BD process and, and what, you know, and also being working in a B2B environment as well, building those bigger, longer term relationships um, with certain people and perhaps multiple relationships in a company as well. It's it's such a powerful tool. I mean, I know so many BD and salespeople just go on there and think, great, I can just, yeah, I've got a view of this company and who's there and I know what they're interested in and yeah, I know where they hang out. And so there's just so much, in my opinion, so much useful information you can you can find out about. And even from the standpoint of, you know, you find out there's the Gloucestershire Handbag Makers Association who exist on LinkedIn or something and, and you go, oh, I had no idea that was there. Well, a, can I join that group to then organically share and discuss things? Yeah. Or B, I can actually target that group with some paid advertising because I know behaviorally those are the people and it's an active group who are, so they're active LinkedIn members and users and they're the kind of people, I know they're the kind of people I need to talk to. So let's target them. That's interesting because one of my other questions was going to be about groups. Do you think it's valuable, stroke essential to join groups? I don't think it's essential to join groups, to be honest. I think I've joined too many in the past because I would, I mean, doing the thing I was just talking about, trying to, you know, get not get something for nothing, but trying to do more organic stuff. You end up perhaps joining a number of groups if you're promoting a certain service or product. And therefore, I mean, I've got historical stuff. I need to go through and clear out my groups. I've got loads of stuff that I'm not involved with at all these days, but I'm still in that group and getting updates and thinking, why was I in there? Oh yes, I was. I was sharing that piece of content with them <laughs> okay. about something or other. But yeah, I think it's very useful. I mean, again, depending on your objectives, really. If you're looking at it to say, well, you know, we I genuinely want to be a member of this group, like a forum, like the old-fashioned forums you'd find online to share interesting information and to find out what other people are doing, then you've got that whole that's useful from a sort of interest group point of view. But um, yeah, equally, if you're, you know, again, building awareness, perhaps, or fellow entrepreneurs, networks, things like that, and there's that. But the thing I would say is there's a huge, obviously, there's a huge number, ever-growing collection number of groups out there. And some of them are geographically segmented. Some of them are sector or conference or event, whatever. There's all sorts of alumni groups. And they're they're such a huge range of sizes. You know, you go from like five people to two, three million, you know, and the some of the groups I'm in, I think I don't get a huge amount of worth from that. But you think, well, I'm sort of in this, um, I don't know, sales and marketing, you know, Western Europe or something. And you think, well, gosh, I'm just one of several hundreds of thousands of people. Yeah. You know, I mean, even if I did want to sort of share something in there and get a conversation going, it's not very likely that anyone's going to pick up on it. And I think quite often you can find with groups, particularly people there 
you know, like a like a poorly run networking session. If people are all there trying to sell to everyone else the whole time, rather than listen to each other, yeah, th- then you 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 come up against that in certain groups, and you just see. Yeah, and talking of selling, is it seen within the groups as inappropriate to become a huge salesperson? That really you're there to discuss, not to say buy this stuff. It's brilliant. Yeah, I mean, well, I think most of the groups I see uh, have the you know the ones which are managed uh, non because there's the open groups, you know, the closed groups. So yeah. if it's a closed group, even if it's an open group as well, I think you know you have those like three or four sort of rules of engagement, don't you? And say right, don't want any selling. And for the vast majority I see say no selling, please. Um, yeah, okay. You know, if you are talking about something, let it be useful. Which is probably why I mean, obviously, lots of other work I do is more about you know content and trying to create valuable, useful, interesting content for for all the good reasons you create that, but particularly with LinkedIn as well, creating valuable content that somebody actually goes, oh, that's really interesting. And, you know, you're thinking about your whole customer journey and those touch points and thinking, well, I've given them something that's valuable and on they go. So I'm I rest assured I don't need to do a big selling, hey, come and yeah. sign up to buy this product thing. So I think most of them look down on it and and because, again, group owners want them to be spaces where you can genuinely interact, don't they, I suppose. But yeah, I think there's a number of different ways people get around that. And I think there's a number of different ways in which people, you know, you do, I just think, it's, yeah, you could log on and look at an example now of just somebody say, hey, look at this. Hey, look at this. Hey, look at this. Hey, look at this. So they're not actively selling, but they're just sort of making points. Yeah, drawing your attention to. Yes, yes. Rather than engaging in a conversation. But it is interesting. I mean, I do find when there is, I, it always arrests my attention when there is a post by someone usually more than someone that an organization and it's got a lot of interactions and a lot of comments and you think oh right that's really interesting if actually there's a there's an interesting genuinely interesting debate here which nine times out of ten it's not going to be an abusive twitter kind of back and okay. forth saying oh you should yeah. that why it's it's <laughs> almost it's very much that's the thing i find fresh about linkedin as well the fact that it's almost invariably you know, civilized, and even if people disagree, they they have a reasonably civilized disagreement. And that's not always the case, as I say. There are sometimes that happens, but yeah, I think groups, though, getting back to groups, it's um depends on the group again. Um, if if it's a well-run one, and if you've got good admins who are you know trying to make something that's useful. But I mean, I mentioned the whole targeting groups for paid stuff, which I can come back to. But um, that that's another way to target someone who's in a group rather than posting directly in it if that makes sense right so i can actually when I, in the in the account manager if i'm doing some paid advertising i can just say i want to market to these groups yes yes and that's quite early on because i think i don't know i think i was around doing the, the the very first version of campaign manager and really quite early on i think i always tell this story about when i used to have to go down to so we were running linkedin campaigns but we had to i had to run downstairs to get a piece of paper signed by a finance team member to say we agree for you to spend 500 pounds on this linkedin campaign and then i don't know what i did with it i think i ran back upstairs and then got a credit card and then (laughs) input the details every time i wanted to run a campaign individually so it's hilarious these days you know it's all all integrated and you just you know you have your budgets on there and you set it up and whatever else of enterprise edition but anyway um yes that's what i had to do but when i did that quite early on i started with you know the 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 targeting wasn't as sophisticated as it is now you couldn't didn't have as many options but i would do a sort of right i'm after this person this job title this geography this company size da 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 that kind of stuff yeah um and then quite quickly i mean i was very interested in the behavioral stuff rather than just purely the profile stuff so say well these are the kind of people i'm after but i'd also like to make sure that they're active members and also the you know active in these conversations so 
I found quite early on, I did a comparison of just targeting them in terms of this is their profile. And then I did this is their profile plus these groups. And I'd, I'd go out and I'd do right. desk research just to find the groups which were relevant, which I thought were relevant. And, you know, you can go in depth on that if you want to, if you've got time to go off and actually, you know, sometimes you can't join the groups, but you can actually you can see some people who are your second or third degree connections who are in them and you can see the description and you can go, okay, well, this looks very much like these guys are talking about yeah. the need for handbag making machines. So I can actually do paid advertising to people that are active, that are that are that post X number of times or are actually engaging. Yeah, there there is a there is an option, I think, now, which they put in there. I can't quite remember the exact details, but it is about I think it's like active members, I think. Okay, Something like, you okay. know, people who have uh, been... So it's one of the behavioural profile pieces that enables you to say, you know, so there's someone who has actually does interact. And I think actually as well, the... Um, oh, I remember talking years ago about it. They said that, you know, that there... I mean, there's only a certain number of times they'll serve up your advert or your your content to people over a certain period of time anyway. But um, you could tell people who are active... But the thing was, I mean, for me, it was like, yes, they're active, but if they're in a group, they've clearly expressed interest and are, are sort of potentially more active in this area. So if you do target them, then, of course, they've all got different sizes, these groups. So it'll take the groups that got there and then take that chunk of people who you've, who fall into your other targeting. And yeah, and I would multi- I would do multiple groups. Um, I mean, depending on obviously who you're after, but I'd find as many as I could who are relevant. So, yeah. That's interesting. That is interesting. So they're not just something you join, you can actually use them as a marketing tool at the same time. Yes. I mean, targeting those people. So not it wouldn't be your stuff appearing in the group. It'd be a, appearing in the feed of the people. But as you say, yeah, you it's almost like the corralling them like a field of sheep, isn't it? It's like you get, you know. <laughs> that's, yes, that's exactly right. Well, that's the end of part one of our LinkedIn interview, where I'm being interviewed by Sally about why we should not be afraid of using LinkedIn and what can it do for us. So join us again in part two.